Hey friends, welcome to The Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. I'm your host, Andrea Fortenberry. This is a podcast about finding freedom from perfectionism to show up for the life God has for you. Mom life is messy, unpredictable, and just plain hard sometimes, but it's also amazing. I believe God uses it all to grow us into the women He wants us to be. We can't do motherhood on our own. We need God's help. We need wisdom from other moms. We need the encouragement of community. I hope you'll find all of that and more as you listen in. Welcome to episode three of the Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. Today I'm chatting with my friend, Melissa Stutz. Melissa is a wife, mom of two boys, and she and her family live in New Hampshire. Melissa is the genius behind the neat and tidy space, her professional organizing business. I met Melissa about 15 years ago when she lived here in Arizona. We went to church together. We were friends and raised our kids when they were littles together. She has just been such a great friend to me, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. So welcome, Melissa. Thank you. So excited to be here. Thanks for being here. You posted a video or a story, I can't remember which, on Instagram recently that I just loved. You were talking about how we each have different gifts that God has given us, different strengths, different passions that we have, and how yours is helping other people to get organized and to create systems. And I love that you posted that because it's true. I think so often we look at other moms or other people online and we're like, oh, I wish I you know, could do this like they, like they do. I wish I had that gift or that talent. But the really, the really cool thing is that we each have different gifts so that we can help and encourage one another. So I love that you posted that because when I saw it, I'm like, yes, you do that in my life with your organizing and your, (laughs) your videos that you post. Well, thank you. I think that it's, it's so important because, um, when I first started the neat and tidy space, my husband Austin said to me, I don't get it. Why are people going to pay you to organize their home? Doesn't that, isn't that just something that you should do? And I said, well, not everyone has a knack for organizing or setting up a system. Just like I don't have a knack for photography or I don't have a knack necessarily for design. We hire people for certain reasons and it's really important for me to remember that my gift and my passion is helping create this ease and this opportunity for families by setting up these systems. Yes. It's a good reminder that we're all different and we all bring different things to the table. Yes, and I think too in different seasons also, we need more help from other people in different ways, you know, thinking about, you know, when someone's moving or they have a new baby or, you know, just their life is in transition, like having those systems and organization, like really can help make people's lives a lot easier. So. Absolutely. And I think when you're struggling with that idea of perfectionism, it's hard to ask for help, which I'm sure we'll dive into in a little bit. So a different season challenges us to ask for the help and to say, I need someone else to take this off my plate for me. Absolutely. And it's so funny because we moved in September and I think I sent you a text saying, I wish you lived here because (laughs) (laughs) I totally used your help with (laughs) with, with projects, but it's fun how following you online, it's actually, you know, inspired me in some ways to be like, okay, I'm going to do this. Even though Melissa's not here, I'm going to do it. This organizing We're glad we can help inspire from across yeah. the country. Yes, I love it. I love it. So you mentioned, you know, that the moms who listen to this podcast struggle with perfectionism. And I think that in terms of 
cleaning and organizing and having systems that, that, that manifest in kind of two different ways, like two different groups. And with lots of moms that I've talked to, I feel like, you know, there, there are these two groups. So one is, you know, you either get someone who's super organized, like just, they have all the systems in place and they just won't rest until things are clean and perfect. Like every single day, it's, it's the mom who won't go to bed until the entire kitchen is clean, like top to bottom. She won't leave dishes in the sink. So there's that group. But then I think there's another group that struggles, even though they are perfectionists, they struggle with procrastination and with not getting started on something because they don't have the 10 hour block in their schedule to clean their house from top to bottom. And it's funny because I'm in that la that latter group, like I will procrastinate. And if I can't do it perfectly, if I can't do it the way, execute it the way that I want to, I will just feel frustrated and defeated. And sometimes I won't even get started because of that. So I think we have these two groups. So if you could help us speak to the two different groups. So let's talk to, you know, the, that first mom who, again, like won't leave the dishes, you know, in her sink at night. She's She's exhausted. She doesn't rest until everything is put away. Everything is perfect. How can that mom learn to try to let go of making everything perfect? And, and what tips do you have for them to create a flexible system that will give them that order that they crave, but also some rest and some peace? I think it's interesting that you talk about the two moms because I kind of feel like I fall into both categories yeah. at different times. And like you said, with little children, there's all these different seasons of life. So with little children, it looks different than with kids who go to school. Um, and then of course, kids that move out of your home. So all of these phases happen. So it definitely can, you can apply these to different groups and different categories. But one of the things that I noticed in terms of letting go for myself was that I would start a list. And as I would work through my list, I would then add to my list. So my list never ended. I would spend mm -hmm. one day tackling three or four or five, six things, but then I would add six things. Yes. So like you said, I would start doing something, but then I almost never ended. I felt like I wanted everything done. I want, if I couldn't do it all, then I wasn't going to do it at all. Right. And so what I challenged myself to do actually in this last year is to pick three things on my list every day and to be that. content, to rest in contentment with having done those three things. Now, if I go above and beyond and find five minutes in the pockets of motherhood to do another little task on my list, that's a bonus. But if I only accomplish the three things, I have learned to find joy and to acknowledge that I was still successful. A lot of my struggle has been that I have taken this idea of perfectionism and I guess, productivity to define my worth. Mm. And I'm realizing that I'm not defined by whether or not I can fold 15 loads of laundry, put them all away, dust the entire house and manage to make breakfast, lunch, dinner, and 4,000 snacks. Right. I'm, de I'm defined by so much more through God's love. And so when I was able to work and it takes a long time, but right, it's a process. It's a process. But when you start putting into practice your top three things that you want to get done, maybe it's doing the sheets, maybe it's cleaning out a closet, but be very, very specific 
and then only focus on that project. So oftentimes, and we'll talk about this in the other group as well, but oftentimes for both groups of women, we start a project and it trickles into a different area. So we start cleaning out a child's closet, for example, and then we are left with these piles of clothes that are either going to be passed down to a friend, passed down to the next child, um, put in the basement for maybe a future baby, or perhaps we have a bin of stuff that they don't quite fit into yet and we need to find a space for it. And so then you take those bins of clothes and maybe you're putting them in the basement, for example. Well, then I end up in the basement and while I'm in the basement, I say, oh, I'm just going to move these four bins around. Yes. So that before is me. I, know I get it, so distracted sometimes. Same. But when we are able to focus on just that task, which is also another thing that I have worked really hard on probably over the last couple of years, the time of your project is shortened. Mm -hmm. You're able to complete it within reason, including mm -hmm. if children are around. You also have the availability to include children because it's such a focused project. And then you can walk away feeling successful. I think oftentimes when we walk away with piles left everywhere, we feel like we didn't accomplish anything. Mm -hmm. And then we feel like we haven't been perfect. Or we haven't been productive, which yeah. leads us to feel like we haven't been perfect, which leads us to feel like we aren't worthy Mm -hmm. of whatever it was that we had accomplished. That's so so that's one of the biggest key is to make a list, work specifically on that project on the list, and then rest in contentment once you've accomplished your three things. Another thing that I like to do is what I like to call the mother load dump. So I think so much information is carried around mentally for us. Oh yes. Tons of lists. Tons of lists. <laughs> so I try to do a mother load dump every once in a while, even just throughout the day. If I have a piece of paper somewhere, I'll be tidying something or I'm out for a walk with the kids. And I think, oh, I need to look this up on Amazon or I need to order this for a future birthday party or where, you know, my oldest is out of shorts for the summer. Rather than carrying that around in my brain, yeah. for too long. I try to just write it down. That way, when I sit down with my phone or the computer in a moment of rest, I don't just end up spiraling on social media. Mm -hmm. I actually am focused on what it is that I needed to accomplish because when we write it down and then we take the time to actually accomplish it, it releases this weight that we don't carry around anymore. Oh, that's so true. Really nice. Because we also, yeah, it's mental clutter. Like we can have physical clutter in our house, but we do carry around a lot of that mental a clutter. Lot of mental clutter. Absolutely. And, and, and I found too that sometimes I will forget things when I don't take the time to get it out of my head and write it down or put it as a reminder on my phone, you know, so-and-so needs this for school or, you know, don't forget snacks or whatever. If I don't write it down, sometimes it's just mom brain. <laughs> mom brain yeah. is real. It doesn't- or that or we think about it for a really long time. And then when you get on social media or you get on, you know, to read a book, you get lost in that time and that space, which is wonderful. I love to get lost on social media. I love to get lost in a really good book or a really good show. But then I find myself the next day thinking the exact same thoughts. Shoot, mm -hmm. I have to order that. Oh no, we need this. Mm 
-hmm. And if I'm able to write it down, it just gives that mental clutter a space to belong. That's another thing about, um, the mom that needs to sort of let go is I thought a lot about the dishes, uh, comment that you had said, (laughs) and it's so true. So many of us love, I can have the rest of my house can be a mess, but if I wake up to a clean kitchen, I somehow feel like the day is going to start on the right. (laughs) And one of the things I say to that is if it's really important to you, be kind to yourself and keep that on the list. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's always on your list and you add two other things throughout the day. That's okay. The problem is that we run into is that when we go and we go and we go and we're constantly doing and doing and doing and we aren't resting, we burn ourselves out. Mm-hmm. And then we don't have time to pour into our children and we don't have time to pour into our relationships and our friendships. And we don't have time myself to dive into God's word. Mm-hmm. Instead, I find myself doing things versus carving out the time to really do the things that matter yeah. in life. My hope is that I don't look back and think, well, my house was clean because what I hope I look back on is the memories that I've created with my family. Right. And my mom was a perfectionist. She cleaned everything with a toothpick and a Q-tip and she still does. Um, but my, a lot of my, my mom's amazing. So don't take this the wrong way. She's, I loved when you were talking with your mom about reflecting on her journey of motherhood Mm -hmm. through your eyes as a child. Once you approached motherhood. Yeah. I feel like I now understand everything my mom did and said. Yeah. And how she chose to raise us Mm -hmm. based on now being a mom myself. But I do have very vivid images of my mom hanging out the window cleaning (laughs) And I'm one of four, so we were probably out and about playing, and it wasn't really that big of a deal. But a little bit of my heart aches Mm -hmm. for maybe what she missed out on because she was so focused Mm -hmm. on maintaining a home versus creating opportunities with us. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting when I've chatted with moms at mops groups or different things and this topic has come up, like I won't rest until the dishes are done. I, I've tried asking a little bit more, you know, is that you or is that what you saw your mom do? Or is that what your husband expects you to do? Just having conversations. Cause it's really important to figure out why am I doing this? And is it, is it worth it? So if, you know, if your husband doesn't care that the dishes aren't done at night, if you really don't care, but you just feel like that's expected of you, it's okay to let that go or it's okay to eat on paper plates, you know, every now and again. So you have a clean, you know, just figuring out what that is. And if it is something that's important to you, like you said, if it helps your, you know, your morning go smoother the next day, like great, keep that on your list. But I think figuring out those, what are the expectations I'm placing on myself that may not be realistic or needed, or is it coming from somewhere else I think is really important. I think that that's huge. Um, Austin and I had a conversation years ago because as you know, we've been married for almost 15 years and anything in relationship takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've definitely had our ups and downs. And I remember having one specific conversation about what our expectations were specifically Mm -hmm. to him coming home from work. Mm -hmm. Um, And our boys are nine and seven now, but this was probably when they were closer to five and three. So you know, getting dinner on the table at those ages Mm -hmm. is a challenge Um, and main and cleaning your house. You clean, 
the playroom and 10 minutes later it's a disaster. Disaster, yep. <clears throat> so we had a long conversation and I was struck by his comment, which was, I had thought that his expectation was to have a hot dinner, <clears throat> excuse me, a hot dinner ready and a house that was tidy. And he said, and it still makes me tear up a little bit. He said, I want to come home to happiness and laughter. I don't need dinner to be ready. And I don't need the house to be perfect. I don't see the imperfections that you see. So part of it is expectation that I was putting on myself because of what I was raised, because I saw that my mom defined herself by her productivity. And so I thought I was being a good wife and a good mom by having everything perfect. And I realized that what he really wants most is connection and quality time and laughter together. So that leads us into the next point for this specific group, and that's asking for help. So when you ask for help, I think it's also really important to be very specific. So um, my husband always says to me, if you want something done in a specific time frame, I'm more than happy to accomplish it in that time frame. I just need to know. So like very early on in in our marriage, I would say, can you do the dishes? And what I meant was, could you get off the couch and do the dishes at this exact moment? Right now. <laughs> because I don't want to do that. Yes. Yes. But what he, and he would respond and say yes, but his timeline and his definition is completely different than mine. So there were plenty of nights when I would go to bed thinking, oh gosh, these are not going to be done when I wake up in the morning. And, and I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> exactly. And then I'm going to be angry mm-hmm. at a lot of things and start off on the wrong foot. But most of the time, not all the time, because none of us are perfect, um, most of the time he would get the dishes done in his time frame. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to ask for help, and I, again, it takes a lot of practice, it takes a lot of time, um, it takes a lot of letting go yes, that's of huge. control. Mm-hmm. But when you can let go and you can ask for help, it changes something in us. It changes our dependence. It creates trust. It creates opportunity. It creates connection. Um, the other thing that we've started doing in this season of life, since we are all home, all together, <laughs> every day, um, we've started doing family cleanup at dinner. So rather than dinner cleanup falling on one of us while the other one gets the kids ready for bed mm-hmm. or hangs out with the kids, all of us participate. So someone will clear the table, someone will clear the dishes. If the dishwasher is full or if dishes don't go into the dishwasher, like mm-hmm. certain pans, somebody will wash the dishes while one of the kids dries them while another kid puts them away. And I love that. I, it just creates such an opportunity, like especially um, for mom of boys, they want to talk to you, but they want to talk to you like when they're closing their eyes not necessarily when you say, Hey, how was your day? (laughs) Um, But it creates an opportunity where they're doing something as a family and they're moving around. And so there's this openness to conversation that can be had. Oh, I love that. And you're teaching them to be a part of of a family, right? Right. That's awesome. That's been huge for us. Um, Again, you have to let go. You have to let go of that control. You have to let go of where certain things go. I find mm-hmm. things in the 
strangest places. <laughs> so I don't know why we don't know where the measuring cups go. <laughs> they pop up in all sorts of places in our house. Um, and I just sort of laugh at myself and think they try really hard to put it away in an organized fashion. And they tried really hard to put it where they thought it went. And it's okay to fold the towel a different way than I fold the towel. So yes. it's okay to put a glass in a different place than I put a glass. Yeah. And maybe that control will come back when my kids are gone and I'm the one putting it all away. But for now, I really truly try to look at it and smile and yes. then move about my day. And every now and then I'll fix something and put it where it belongs. <laughs> OCD in me wants right. it to be just right. That's right. Just right. Um, but most of the time I've settled into a place now where I can see it and see it as like a small joy I love and move that. past it. That's so important Now you're talking about control because really perfectionism at its core is really just a craving for control and wanting things to be the way that you want them to be. But sometimes I've, I've found that I do this with my own kids is I project that onto them. And so if we're, yeah, they're talking about folding towels or you know, this dish wasn't cleaned, you know, this way. Or So the more, I feel like the more I criticize them for not doing it the way I would want it done or the way I would do it, or it's not done perfectly, then they feel defeated. And then they feel like I don't even want to help because you're just going to be upset at me. So I love that you're talking about that, that learning to let go of the control part and to just see it as a joy because our kids are kids. And sometimes I found that I expect them to act like adults. And like you said, to know where everything goes exactly and to do it all right, but they're kids and they're, they're learning, they're going to make mistakes. But when we can see that as an opportunity for joy or a sweet memory, then it really can help change just our perspective about incorporating them in the process and asking for that help. Absolutely. And I think that's huge. And I think that <clears throat> we're denying them an opportunity to learn what it means to take care of the things in your home. If we have to control doing it all so that they are never a part of it. And like you said, I creating an opportunity for them to do something and feel accomplished. We yes. want them to feel that sense of accomplishment. Absolutely. They often make their beds and I should start taking pictures of what their beds look like <laughs> when they make them. Um, I like to say that once a week, their beds are perfect because I make them when I change the sheet. <laughs> the rest of the time, it looks like a hurricane whipped through. But they feel like they, they did their daily practice. Right, they made right. their bed. They did their chores. They put their things away. They line up all their stuff. Um, and for them, they feel like they've organized something and they've been a part of a family and they've mm -hmm. met my expectation. And I don't want to push that down to a place where then they feel like they feel defeated. Yeah. That's, that's really important. Yeah. Melissa, what about that second mom who is more of a procrastinator who has trouble getting started because she doesn't have 10 hours to do something start to finish. She struggles with staying focused. What tips do you have for her? space because like I said oftentimes we start a project and it leads into seven or eight other spaces mm -hmm. um, so actually before we got on this call we were cleaning out our garage so it's um, pollen season here in New mm -hmm. England so everything turns a little yellow and all the leaves from the fall have sort of accumulated in all the nooks and crannies and so we did a 
deep dive into our garage, took everything out, and the kids and my husband and I spent about an hour and a half cleaning things out. Well, naturally, certain things from the winter now have to go back to the basement. And so yeah. I kept reminding myself, we'll get to the basement someday. We'll get to the basement. <laughs> because what I wanted to do was instantly go right to the basement. And I will deny myself lunch. I would rather have like a liquid IV attached to my Right. And just keep working. But that's not healthy. Like that's right. not a healthy space to be. That's not productive to my body right. or my spirit or my relationship. Because then what happens, my husband is a huge rester and not just on the Sabbath, but the whole weekend. And one of the things that I have enjoyed from that space is that I've had the opportunity to learn to rest as well. Mm. And so I try really hard not to take my energy and my desire to move from one project to the next project, to the next project, to the next project, sucking him along with me mm. because his limit is not the same as my limit. Yeah. And so you want to be mindful of your kids' limits and your spouse's limits or anyone that you're bringing along with you during the process to make sure that you're respecting those boundaries. Yeah, so one thing... Great. Again, for the person who needs a simple system, I talk a lot about practice versus project. So when we wait too long, I find this for myself, dusting is the thing I despise most. Oh, I hate dusting. Right? But if I dust every week, it takes maybe 15 minutes and it's easy. Yeah. There's just a very thin layer, if anything. So you wipe everything down. It's very quick. If I wait two or three weeks, every time I look at it, I just think, oh, that's a big job. And I walk past it and I ignore it. So what I've tried to do over time is implement practices, weekly practices, monthly practices, daily practices. So like a monthly practice could be cleaning out your garage, reorganizing the basement, going through your clothes in your closet would be a seasonal practice. Mm -hmm. Something that you do regularly so that it actually becomes easier to go in to spend 15 to 30 minutes getting it accomplished and moving on to the next project, the next thing on your list, or moving into a space of rest or time with your family. Yeah. Because when we wait too long, it feels like a project, right? If we don't clean out the refrigerator but once a year, it feels overwhelming. Yeah. So much, so many take, steps, so many steps, but if we take the opportunity to have a practice and I'm, I, I can print out some, um, lists for people that are interested in practices and when to, when to do them, yeah, that'd be awesome. Just simple solutions and simple systems to put into place so that you can feel like you're doing a spring cleaning every month. So it doesn't feel overwhelming. Yeah, that's the great. important thing is definitely the focus of time. So I like to set a time limit to my practices. Um, a lot of things right now in the summer and while we were home doing remote learning, I had to learn to find what one of my friends calls the pockets of motherhood, which mm -hmm. I love. So five minutes here and five minutes yeah. there to just do like a burst of a practice and move on, wipe down the cabinets. Okay, those need to be done. Oh, now the inside of the cabinets need to be done. Sometimes I have time to empty out everything 
and do a deep dive. Sometimes mm-hmm. I only do one cabinet mm-hmm. and I'm learning to call that success. Oh, I love that. Cause I will do the same, like, Oh, you know, I need to clean the bathroom. Mainly the sinks just need to be clean. But in my mind, I'm like, I want to do like a deep clean when I really should just clean the sinks. And then it won't feel so daunting and overwhelming to me to, to clean the bathroom. You know? Exactly. And your practice could be that every day you clean the sink or every three days or once a week you clean the sink and maybe once a month you do a deep dive. Yeah. I love so that. The manageable. Yeah. And then the practice. And sometimes I'll find too, like if I find a pocket of, you know, 20 minutes, I sometimes get paralyzed by like, okay, I could choose from a thousand different things to do right now. What should I do? So then an extra 10 minutes goes by and I didn't do anything because I'm still trying to figure out what to do. So I love that if we create those practices, it's just part of our routine, part of what we do that then we can be more productive that way. And again, not that our goal is to be productive, but we have you know, that we know that we need to get these things done. So how can we get it done? And I think that's a really great suggestion of making it a practice versus taking two hours to make it a project. Absolutely. What I like to do at the beginning of every month on my calendar, um, when I'm planning out dinners for the week, I also plan out my lists of three. So that way, when I do have 10 minutes, oftentimes my calendar is just open on the Mm -hmm. island, um, especially when we were doing school stuff. So I can look at it and say, oh, I really wanted to wash these windows, these specific windows in this area that I noticed were really, really dirty. Mm -hmm. And then when I have that 20 minutes, I can look at the list, see what I can accomplish. I can see which one's going to take me the shortest amount of time do it quickly and then cross it off my list. And then I feel like, okay, I'm focused. I know what I'm doing. I love that. And I have a plan. My last tip for starting for families um, or the mom who's a procrastinator is we have started implementing the half hour hustle. I was actually, I have that on my list to ask you about. (laughs) So I'm so glad you're mentioning it. (laughs) This is one of my favorite things. And I can't take full credit because it comes from my, one of my closest friends here in New England. Um, she and I would be chatting. It seemed like every afternoon and this was when our husbands were at work. Um, and she would say, all right, I have to go because my husband's going to be home in like 30 minutes. So I have to do the half hour hustle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ooh, what's the half hour hustle? And she was like, Oh, you know, I just like clean everything up clean off the countertops, put the dishes away, everything that you've basically been looking at all day as a procrastinator, right? You've been like sitting and scrolling Instagram or sitting and watching a show, which I'm all about, but seeing those things that you really wanted to accomplish, mm-hmm. accomplish throughout the day. And so she would say, oh, well, I'm just going to like quickly clean up all those things to make it appear that I did something today. <laughs> really all I did was keep five kids alive. Right. Which is which, a task, itself. which is an accomplishment. A hundred percent. And so we have implemented it here. And originally I was just the only one doing the half hour hustle. And then I thought, you know, my kids are capable of being a part of this. Mm-hmm. Again, I have to lower my expectations. So my youngest does the baseboards every single time that's on his list, as are the windowsills. And it 
ties us over until I can do a deeper dive into mm-hmm. a cleaning. Mm-hmm. But it's enough of a clean that when I look at the baseboards, I don't think, oh, wow, that's going to be a big project. And that's mm-hmm. going to take me two hours. Right. And so they each have their own list. My husband has a list. He would prefer I don't write him one. Um, <laughs> but I do. Uh, and he's happy. He's happy to help out as well. Uh, and then we set the timer for 30 minutes. We crank on the music. I'm telling you, if you want to include your kids in anything, turn on the music, any music. Uh, We are currently really into um, kids bop. Oh, yeah. And the kids love it. And so we crank it and everyone just crushes their list. I somehow only managed to vacuum. I don't know why. I think that everyone comes to ask me questions. Oh, yeah. so my list is definitely, I'm not as productive during the half hour hustle, but we're creating an environment where everyone is a part of something. There's a very specific time focus. There's a very specific list focus. And because it gets everyone involved, it feels less overwhelming. It gets yeah. everyone up and moving, gets everyone a part of the family, participating and taking ownership over over a space. And it really, it truly is fun. And I, I hope, my hope is that my boys look back on it as a fond memory versus a task. Right. (laughs) Well, I think music can make it. So yeah, make it fun. And like you said, you're getting, you're getting up and get that blood circulating and then you're getting things done. When my kids were really little, I remember a few times they would have friends over and like you said, it's just a disaster and like two two seconds. And so when, you know, it was time to go home, I would, I would make a game out of it. And I would say, let's play, I forget what I would call it, but I would put on the music and kind of do like freeze dancing, you know, and I would say, Hey, you got to, you know, clean up until I stop the music and then you pause and then I'll start it again. So making it fun is really a great it's tip huge. to get the and family you can, I recognize for families with young children, it feels never ending. Like we talked about earlier, it feels like you clean a space, they wreck the space. Mm-hmm. Um, someone used to say to me, why do you have books so low on your bookshelf? Your kids just take them off. And they would nap and I would reorganize them and mm-hmm. put them back up because they found joy in taking them down. Yeah. And I actually found joy in color coding or organizing <laughs> tallest and smallest. Up. It's not healthy at all. But um, I think the really important thing is my kids from a young age you can set the expectation. And this is huge, right? A lot of letting go and letting control is also teaching and learning. And you can set the expectation of where things go through labels, through freeze play, Mm -hmm. through picking up for five minutes at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of bins when when our kids were little, we had a lot of those bins. Yeah, for blocks and yeah. Exactly. And they did a great job. That's part of developmental learning Mm -hmm. is that they did a really wonderful job putting things back Mm -hmm. where they belonged. Um, And I think that that's huge. And as they grow, right, you can change the process in which you do. So I know for a lot of families, they have the open exposed bins where you can see them. Um, As they get a little older, a lot of organizers use pictures on the front Mm -hmm. of bins. Kids can see if the bin is pushed back, they can see on the front that blocks go here and doll shoes go here. Um, And then The next step would be, you know, more aesthetically pleasing. You could just have a nice written label on the box to Mm -hmm. where they belong. But I do think that if you start them off on a younger age, um, they're learning 
to take care of their items. They're learning to put things away and then they take that ownership and hopefully apply it long into their years. Right. Right. Yeah. It really is important to get them invested in to learn how to do things because the, you know, one of our goals as parents is to launch them at some point. And if we don't teach them how to do things, whether that's making their bed or, you know, picking things up or cooking or laundry or, you know, what have you, like, they're not going to know. So we, we can see, you know, our part of our job as opportunities to teach them how to do it. And, and have that expectation that they're not always going to like it, that they are going to push back, that it's not going to be exactly how we want, but we still get, you know, it's a, it's a discipline. It's a process of teaching them. And then the more we teach them, the more they're capable of and the less we have to do. So my kids are 11 and eight and I have a laundry day for them and they're not always perfect at it, but I'm also letting them feel the consequences of if they didn't do their laundry that day. And my daughter's like, mom, where's my band t-shirt or whatever. I'm like, Oh, I don't know. You were supposed to wash it. So just giving them, yeah, the consequences. So it's both the responsibility learning to take care of things and then also giving them some of those, those consequences for, I love that. They didn't do it. So yeah. And they usually my kids, at least they love being a part of a practice. Mm-hmm. any practice, any chore, any, they like to feel like they're participating. So laundry is the perfect. Yeah. I actually love having them do laundry. I'm like, Hey, I'm okay. If you fold your laundry on the couch while you are watching your show or whatever, but you know, just, just get it done. So. Absolutely. I love mm-hmm. that. Well, one of the things I just wanted to end with that we say, um, is things don't have to be Pinterest perfect. Mm. You want them to be practice perfect. So a practice that you can maintain is more important than an aesthetic that looks perfect. Oh, I love that. If it's not gonna, if it's not gonna be something that you can continually implement and use to make aesthetically pleasing to you, then it's not a good system for you. And Mm. it's always okay to pivot. It's always okay to change. It's always okay to rebuild something that wasn't working for your family. Because what we really want to do is come in for our clients and create ease and reduce stress Mm -hmm. and free up time for you to spend time with your family. And so that's going to look different for every single family. Yeah. I love that. I was just going to add that. Yeah. That something that might be important to me, you know, as if in my family may not be important to you or to a different mom we all have our, I think it's important to, to pick what is important to us and be okay with that. If other people do it differently, that's okay Absolutely. because every family is different, every schedule, all of that, it's, it's all different. So we can make it unique and fun to us versus, you know, being weighed down with the pressure of, oh, it doesn't look like so-and-so's house or the way so-and-so does it. So Absolutely. And take a moment to rest and enjoy the perfectness <laughs> of the space. When you do clean it, because if you keep going, you're going to miss out on that opportunity. And I like to say in, at least in my house, it is only perfect for a moment. Mm -hmm. It is only perfect until the next person uses the bathroom. It is perfect until someone fills up their water out of the refrigerator and water goes dripping down the side. It is only perfect until someone takes their shoes off and leaves them in the middle of the mudroom. So enjoy the moment that it is perfect. Um, for those of us that want it to look and feel and be put together, um, because it will be one day 
for those with kids, one day kids will be gone. You will be able to control where everything goes and your house will be quiet. And I promise we will miss those moments. We will miss yes. the fingerprints as much as they drive us crazy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I try to remind myself of that often. So important to keep that perspective for sure. Absolutely. Well, Melissa, at the end of every episode, I like to ask some fun questions. So the first one is, what are you reading, watching, or listening to these days? So my oldest, right before we were um, ordered to stay at home, brought home Harry Potter, book one, and he started reading. And it just so happens that our neighbor across the street has the entire series. And I quickly went through the library books that I had borrowed before the library closed. Mm. And I thought, what am I going to read? I really like to read a lighthearted book in the summer. So I'm currently on book three of Harry Potter in an attempt to catch up with my son who's on book five. Oh, that's so funny because in our house, it was so similar. So Lila was reading them like maybe a year, year and a half ago. So then I thought, well, I should read them. And I last summer read one, two, and three, because we actually did a trip to London and we got to go to the Harry Potter studio, which was really fun. Lila and my mom and I did like a a girl's trip and that was really fun. And then William started reading the books last summer and he got to book four and I was only on book three and I'm like, oh, I got to catch up. So right now where it stands, he's on book five. I'm starting book six soon. So it's fun because we're kind of doing it all together too. It's really nice. Um, It's been a nice activity to do together and to snuggle on the couch and like anything, right? Um, We're creating this opportunity of reading and resting and connecting, which has been really, really enjoyable. I love that. Awesome. That's what I'm currently reading. Awesome. Next question. What is your best soul or self-care tip for moms? So I have shared before that I am most productive in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so my best soul care for moms is to establish a morning routine. Mm -hmm. My kiddos, I laughed when you, when I was listening to your podcast yesterday, um, I laughed when you said that when you wake up early, it's inevitable that someone else wakes up with you. And (laughs) it's like they hear my feet going down the stairs. They know. Um, They do. But I also do love that you could be creating a moment that they remember of you sitting there in God's word, doing a Bible study, doing a devotional, and just that power that can come with that. Um, So I have tried to implement a morning routine. I'm a much better mother when I wake up before my kids, when I have an hour to myself. And it looks a little different every day, but I do have... I have the Jesus Calling devotion that I like to read through, mm-hmm. and I have the, um, Allie Worthington wrote a book on happiness and contentment. Yes. And so I've been doing that Love as that well. One. It's just a quick read and writing mm-hmm. opportunity. And then I have a gratitude journal. So those are the three morning routines that I implement. Mm-hmm. And then I try to move my body every morning just to get out a little adrenaline, mm-hmm. start my day. Um, anything extra is bonus. Um, but I find that I'm ready to take on the task of being a mom mm-hmm. once I've spent that time 
with God, once I've had that time to myself, Mm -hmm. once I've taken a moment to put myself first. And for moms with littles, I just want to share when my kids were little, my youngest woke up with the sun. (laughs) And when there's a time change in New England, early, the birds wake up early here. (laughs) Sure. Um, and so he's adjusted slightly. We're still at like a six 30 wake up, but for a really long time, he would be up at like five or five 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got into the habit at those, at that stage mm-hmm. of putting him in the stroller and just going out for a walk. Mm-hmm. And it was, he knew he learned that it was my quiet time, that it was his quiet time. Uh, and I could really find God's peace mm-hmm. in those moments. Oh, that's so. awesome. Don't be yeah. discouraged if your babies are waking up early. They can be a part of your morning routine. They can mm-hmm. sit on your lap during a devotion. They can go in the stroller while you go for a walk or a run. Um, they can. You're setting an example no matter what you're doing. Yeah. And I think I love that you mentioned that for moms with little kids who get up early. And, and I, what I found too is that as your kids get older, the amount of quiet time that you can have alone will increase. So just, you know, keep that in mind. And, and when you are frustrated by that, just know it's a season and you'll have, have time in a different season. And you'll miss it. Yeah. Yeah, it is true. It really is true. So what is God teaching you in this season? You know, my heart has really been broken over the last week mm. with everything that's going on. Um, with regards to race and ethnicity and Black Lives Matter. Um, And so God is really teaching me that I need to educate myself as a Mm -hmm. white woman. I was raised to believe that everybody should be treated equally. Mm -hmm. And I was raised to believe that everyone should be loved. Mm -hmm. And I was raised to believe to not see color. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like God is teaching me that he wants us to do all of those things. He wants us to love others. He wants us to treat mm-hmm. others as we deserve to be treated. He also wants me to educate myself. Mm-hmm. He yeah. wants me to educate my children. He wants me to have really hard conversations with my kids about their privileges. He wants me to trust him and know that he's in control and that we are all put on this earth, regardless of our race, this of our race, our ethnicity, um, our gender, we are here to be united mm-hmm. for God's kingdom. Yeah. And we all have a place in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I feel like I have been learning the most through faith mm-hmm. and through scripture this mm-hmm. week. That's great. This, you know, this year has been nuts. Like it has just been unprecedented in terms of COVID and now, you know, thing, you know, the recent events that have happened and talks about racism and lots of things. And it's easy, you know, I kind of have found myself certain days just in, you know, just like a sadness, like such sadness and, and not despaired, but just feeling like, gosh, when is this going to end? Like when, you know, how, how are things going to turn out and just feeling sad by, you know, people shaming other people about, you know, whether it's COVID or the racism, you know, conversations and lots of things. But, but God just reminded me that good is going to come out of 
this crazy time, you know, conversations are being had that haven't been had before. People are, you know, going to seek God in a new way because they are, you know, needing hope. They are needing him. And so I'm just hopeful for the, the fruit that will come out of this time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the fruit that hopefully will grow on our children mm-hmm. to be the change. Absolutely. Through conversation. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for joining us. I just love all of the tips that you shared. So if our listeners want to connect with you, where can they find you? So you can find me on Instagram at the neat and tidy space, and then also on Facebook the same. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Would you do me a favor and help me get the word out about the Perfectionist Guide to Mothering? I'd be so appreciative if as you listen, you take a screenshot, post it to social media, and tag me. You can also rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening so that other moms can find it. Looking forward to being with you next time.